Welcome to the Mama Theologians podcast. Mama Theologians is an online motherhood ministry on mission to revive spiritual growth in the midst of motherhood. We offer our devotional and narrative podcast episodes to further equip mothers in theological study, biblical literacy, and spiritual formation. We pray that God will use these offerings for His glory and that He will revive and deepen your spiritual growth in Jesus. I'm Rachel Lynn Lawrence, the founder of Mama Theologians and your podcast host. I'm a mom just like you who is clinging to Jesus and growing more in love with Him in the midst of motherhood. We are so grateful to have you join us as we continue our podcast and essay series on Bible reading and Bible study, which is called A Lamp Unto My Feet, Abiding in the Light of God's Word to Illuminate Our Lives. Today, you'll hear from our newest mama theologian, Katherine Pittman, as she reads her essay, Can My Kids Handle the Real Bible? Catherine recently joined our Mama Theologians team, and we are so delighted to welcome her in serving you in this space. If you would be interested in voluntarily joining our Mama Theologians team in writing, helping with the podcast, helping create graphics, or assisting with social media, check out our contributor information page at mamatheologians.com slash become dash a dash mama dash theologian. Or simply email me at rachel at mamatheologians.com, and I will also include that link in the show notes. So let's now get to Catherine and her essay, Can My Kids Handle the Real Bible? Can My Kids Handle the Real Bible? Written and read by Catherine Pittman. When we finished our favorite children's Bible for the second time, I asked my husband, what do you think? Can they handle the real Bible? Tattered pages and missing covers told the story of our special relationship with storybook Bibles. But after reading numerous versions some multiple times, I wondered, were my children ready for the real Bible? Would they sit still without pictures or make it through those long genealogies? And what about those David and Bathsheba types of details that are often left out of our storybook versions? That was three years ago. Today, we've read through the New Testament as a family. We made it through the list of names in Ezra and Nehemiah, and we rediscovered oft-forgotten details in Esther, Daniel, Ruth, and Jonah. If you question whether your family can handle the real Bible, here are three discoveries we made and a few lessons learned along the way. Number one, if you missed your own morning quiet time, you still have another opportunity to hear the word. Many of us begin our day with the Lord, tiptoeing past sleeping children, trying to grab a few precious moments before the craziness starts. But sometimes a late night or an early rising child causes that sweet time to vanish. Spiritual habits help us stay close to the Lord, but they're often hard to keep alone. When we began reading as a family, I realized the Lord didn't limit his speaking to 30-minute blocks while our children are still asleep. Morning after morning, as the tears flowed or the conviction came, the Lord proved he shows up around kitchen tables, too. Number two, when you explain something, you understand it better. But mom, how come God allowed them to kill the babies? Did that guy marry his mom? Why did God ask the kings to destroy the high places? 
How come Nehemiah listed so many families? Children ask the best questions. Details we gloss over and quickly dismiss. Their tender hearts get stuck on and ponder. In the book of Acts, God commends the Bereans who diligently search the scriptures to see if this was so. When those attentive, curious minds ask questions, and my children asked all of the above, it forces us to dig deeper like the Bereans. It encourages us to stop and look at the context. It may even open the door for fellowship with another believer. Some of my favorite Bible study moments came when my children asked a question that pushed me to consider the word a little more deeply. Number three, reading the Bible together gives a safe place for difficult conversations. When we read about Noah's incident in the vineyards, we explained drunkenness and how it makes you do crazy things. When we studied David and Bathsheba, we discussed pornography and how God calls us to turn away at the first sight of nakedness. Solomon's alliance with foreign wives led us to examine marriage and why God wants us to be equally yoked. Genesis' creation account allowed us to introduce various worldviews and to share what we believe the Bible teaches. Friends, these are challenging subjects, but the Word of God doesn't shy away from difficult issues like many storybook Bibles do. The world will expose our children to these conversations soon enough, but when Bible reading becomes a family event, discussions happen first at home with a foundation in the Word of God. And as we fellowship around these stories, our children learn not only the rules, don't get drunk, don't be unequally yoked, etc., but they learn the why behind the rules. It's one thing to tell a 12-year-old not to follow the ways of the world, but it's another to shape their conscience with stories of kings who brought ruin to God's people when they befriended foreign rulers. But do they really understand? My 10-year-old shocks us regularly with connections. That's the same thing it said when the disciples were in the storm, he said as we were reading through Jonah. The five-year-old keeps an illustrated version nearby, copying pictures into a journal and piping in every time weapons are mentioned. Mommy, did you hear them say sword? No, sweet kid, I didn't. But I notice now. My daughter fills her Bible journal with beautiful, intricate drawings. Her devotion to accuracy has caused us to read and reread until each tiny detail is perfectly recorded. Thanks to her journal, we now have illustrations of Job's stinky breath, Revelation's crazy beasts, and the two baskets of heads outside Israel's gates, to name a few. Friends, I affectionately remember the days we squished together on the couch pouring through children's Bibles. But as our children grow older, it's equally important to help them discover the beauty of God's word. Sure, we can hand them a Bible and encourage them to read on their own, but when we read together, we teach them how to read God's word. As we navigate difficult questions side by side, we teach them not to stop seeking when things get hard. When we make discoveries in the genealogies, wow, Boaz was related to Rahab? No wonder he cared so much for Ruth. We teach them to value every word of God. Day after day, as they watch us respond to the word, whether in joy or in tears or by giving them an overdue apology, our children discover the Bible is not merely a storybook, but the living word of God that influences every aspect of our lives. History tells us of Susanna Wesley, who taught her children to read using the book of Genesis, and William Tyndale, who labored tirelessly to make the scriptures understandable for even a simple plowboy. The Apostle John leaves us with a similar sentiment at the beginning of Revelation. Blessed is the one who reads, and those who hear, he writes. 
Yes, there may be things our children don't understand, or days we walk away from our Bible reading a little confused. But as we hold the light of God's word before them, the Lord says, just in the hearing, they are blessed. May the Lord recover this practice of reading his word in our homes together as a family. So what are some takeaways? One, start small. It may seem overwhelming to think about reading the whole Bible, but can you choose a book? Can you choose a chapter and just begin by reading a few verses? Um, Choose a time of the day. It makes it easier if everyone, and let everyone know, because it makes it easier if everyone knows when we're gonna gather and what we're gonna read. And that way you're kind of all in on it as a family. Okay, so some takeaways. If this is something you wanna try at home, wonderful. Um, It doesn't have to be a big deal. You really can just pick out a book. I always recommend one that's filled with stories to start with. Genesis is excellent, but really, um, you can pick Ruth or Esther or Daniel or Nehemiah or anything. Um, First Samuel, we, the kids have loved. We've done that one a few times. Um, so just pick a book of the Bible and and begin. Open up the Bible. Um, we like to start with prayer. I give all of the kids something to do, and that has varied at their ages. So they all have their own Bible journal, and we'll take out and we'll put a clump of colored pencils and crayons on the table, and they all have their own journal, and they open it up. And sometimes mom will read. Sometimes we will play an audio Bible that has dramatized voices. Um but we'll read. And usually we do one chapter a day, but that's what we do. You don't have to. You could do a few verses um, and just begin and pause often and stop and let them ask questions. And when my children were littler, mom did more of the talking, but as they've gotten older, they give a lot more feedback. And it's almost like now we enter into real fellowship between us together. Um, So start small, Pick a book, pick a time of the day. Um, If you want to do journals, um, sometimes I've given them Play-Doh or things like that just so they have something to do with their hands. Um, The youngest one, I think I mentioned it in the article, but the youngest one, um, he really likes having pictures he can look at still. So I have several picture Bibles um, that cover a lot of Bible stories and we'll keep those nearby so he can look at them and draw something out of them from the story as he's listening. So those have just been some practical ways that we've implemented reading the Bible with our family. Um, I started when my youngest was two and a half or three. Um, not every family is going to be able to do that, I know. Um, but it worked for our family, and it's been a blessing to our family. And if you are able to do it, or at least try it, um, I think you'll see amazing results. And not just for the kids, it's just for me as well. It just became a way of studying I didn't even know was available to me. Catherine Pittman is married to Jeffrey, an itinerant preacher and homeschooling mom to three. 
She is the creator of Write the Word on My Heart, a Bible memory curriculum for little ones, and co-host of the Books and Parchments podcast. When they're not on the road, the Pittmans make their home in Central Virginia, gathering with and serving among the saints at Richmond Christian Fellowship. Connect with Catherine on Instagram at chronicles underscore of underscore mamia, on Facebook or on her blog, chroniclesofmamia.com. We are so grateful to have you join us here at Mama Theologians for our podcast and essay series about reading and studying the Bible. In addition to these essay episodes, in our first two narrative episodes, which were titled, So You Don't Want to Read or Study the Bible, and then also a second one, So You Want to Begin Reading and Studying the Bible, which we encourage you to check out if you haven't listened to those yet, our mama theologian, Amy Fisher, will also be hosting some conversations on our upcoming podcast episodes with a few of our other mama theologians about Bible reading and Bible study. In particular, Amy will be having these conversations. She will be talking with Kylie Dunn on why we should study and read the Bible, and with Kelsey Folsom on how to study the Bible with discussing method and approach, and another conversation episode with Morgan D. Farr on how to practically accomplish Bible study with small children. You will also be hearing a couple more guest writer episodes on the podcast in the upcoming shows. If you are a Christian writer and would like the opportunity to have your work published or be featured on this podcast, head to mamatheologians.com slash writers. Lastly, we are always so grateful for Apple podcast ratings and reviews. These truly help make our podcast more searchable and accessible for mothers who are just like you and desire to pursue a deeper relationship with Jesus in the midst of motherhood. We appreciate every single one. And as always, Mama, in the midst of the busy and hard, yet high and beautiful privilege of motherhood, may you abide in Christ and grow more in love with Him this week.